Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids and Day 22 of Podmas. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today marks Day 2 of the Final 5 countdown to the end of Podmas and to Christmas. I'm a small child again. I'm super excited. Are you? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that, guys, at this point, we've watched all the movies. We just have to get these episodes out. Yep. It's crazy. As soon as we finished the last one, I was like, Meg, (laughs) we we did did it. it pretty crazy yeah so today what are we discussing we're gonna talk about a surprisingly i say this way too often but a surprisingly good movie big red yeah we were pretty uh pretty surprised as much yeah i mean good word (laughs) i i don't know i mean it's one that i'd never heard of before so i was kind of skeptical about how the storyline might be but it ended up being really good yeah i liked it so, it's time for the 30-second Disney Dash. Yes. Now, we're going to have a problem if we need your stopwatch. I know. But we'll figure it out. All right. Are you ready? Yes. On your mark. Get set. Go. So, we meet this little kid who wants work, and he kind of stumbles upon this guy with a dog and then ends up getting work from him, and he falls in love with this Irish setter named Big Red, um, who falls too in love with him. They have to get separated, but then Big Red gets injured, and then the little boy nurses him back to health, and all is well. Alright, 22. Left out a small little chunk there at the end. Yeah, you know, whatever. But, you know. Yeah. How about you count to 30 in your head? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. All right. I'm ready. On your mark. Get set. Go. Renee is a young boy looking for work who gets a job working caring for show dogs. He gets attached to one called Big Red, and Big Red gets so attached to him that he won't listen to his original owner, Hagen, anymore. So Big Red is taken away from Renee until the big show. But Renee goes to visit him, and Big Red's so excited he jumps to the window and injures himself. Hagen wants to put him down, but Renee steals him and nurses him back to health. Big Red runs away with his mate Molly, and they have puppies in the woods. Renee finds them and only brings... Not only brings it back to Hagen, but saves Hagen's life. Hagen adopts Renee with the promise to send him to school, and so he will never be separated from Big Red again. No! <laughs> I've never been buzzed! I don't trust it. You're counting faster in your head. I think I was counting pretty slow. I'm worried that you actually should have gotten buzzed earlier than that. Did you do the one one thousand, two one thousand? No, I was just like one, two, mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. I've never been buzzed before. Well, you're Whew. talking a little slow. I was talking so fast! I know, you were talking fast. Alright. Alright, so some history on Big Red. This is a 1962 American... It's not really American. That's weird. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Family-oriented adventure film from Walt Disney Productions. It is based on a novel from 1945 by American author Jim Calgard. That's a good guess. (laughs) Adapted to screen by screenwriter Louis... Pelletier. Louis Pelletier. Nice. Probably is what it is. Um, the film starred Walter Pigeon. Nice name. Yeah. So it was filmed in Quebec. 
Uh, Big Red is an Irish setter that would rather run through the woods than be the perfectly trained and groomed show dog his sportsman owner wants. Um, a 10-year-old orphan boy helps look after the dog and rebels against his owner's strict discipline of Big Red. Um, so this movie was directed by Norman Tokar in his feature film debut. Uh, the screenplay was adapted, as I said before, by Louis Pelletier. The film was an early Disney effort from director Tokar, who would go on to direct quite a few other Disney classics, such as Where the Red Fern Grows, The Apple Dumpling Gang, and Candleshoe. It was shot in Technicolor, with interiors filmed at the Disney Studios in Burbank and exteriors at locations in the Big Bear Lake area in the mountains near Los Angeles. The company also did do location shooting around Quebec, Canada, including La Melbaye, then known as Marie Bay. Um, also, we had the Sherman Brothers help write some music for this, song, uh, this movie, including the theme song Mon Amour Perdue, Big Red's Theme. I will say that while watching this, I really thought about Where the Red Fern Grows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we watched the movie in school. We definitely read the book. But I, I read think the we, book. I think we did watch the movie as well, actually. Yeah. And I think it might just be the dogs. I think it might be the same sort of dog. I don't know. Just, like, early memory from my childhood. But, anyway, fun facts. So, the first half of Big Red was telecast on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, as a lot of these seem to be. And it was tele- it was cast on the same night that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had its television premiere. That's cool. Now, that's a favorite of mine. And seeing it's it's the holiday season. That it's just seemed like a perfect... holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, so both programs were shown on NBC, and the second half of Big Red was shown a week later. So they're still in that, like, we like to split it in two kind of thing. My mom was talking about... So, like, we're kind of getting to the point now where my mom has actually heard of or seen quite a few of these films. And she was telling me that a lot of the times she actually wouldn't be able to watch the whole movie because it was split. So she would only catch one half or the other half because, like, you never... You never knew when it was going to come on, and um, they only had one TV in their house, so, like, if her dad was watching TV, she couldn't just be like, hey, part two of Big Red is on, can I watch it? Um, no DV- DVR back then, man. No. <laughs> so, she's like, yeah, a lot of these a lot of these movies, like, I've only seen the first half of them. So, so weird. Yeah. Um, the championship best in show pedigree breed of the Big Red Dog was a pure breed parentage Irish setter. He's beautiful. We know from back in the day when we did Lady and the Tramp, Meg is very specific about her dog breeds, so I wanted to make sure that that was in here. Yeah. Irish setters are part of the spaniel grouping, I believe. They look like it. They're so pretty. They're very pretty. They look They're soft. like pointers. Mm-hmm. So the name of the dog that played Big Red was actually named Champion Red Eye Scraps. <laughs> so both the dog's real name and his character name were red, and that probably helped in, like, filming. <laughs> I wonder if, like, that was his nickname, you know? Because, like, obviously every time you call the dog, you're not going to say, Champion Red Eye Scraps, where are you? <laughs> so I wonder if they, like, just called him Champ, or they called him Red, like, yeah. what they call him, you know? Yeah. Um, according to Rating the Movies, the picture was, quote, reminiscent of the Lassie film series in terms of sentimentality. I've never seen Lassie, but just, like, based on what you know, just, like, what you hear about these movies, I could see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Big Red in the movie is said to be worth five thousand Canadian dollars, which would equate to about four thousand six hundred and seventy-three American dollars at the time, or in this day and age, it equates to thirty-nine thousand dollars. That's insane. That's an expensive pup for yeah. sure. There's two goofs in the movie, which I thought was. I, I don't know if we've ever pointed that out, other than Parent Trap. That was one. Yeah. Um. So, in the one scene, Emil, he's, like, the sort of father figure in this. He's, like, the nice guy that helps to out. Yeah. Um, he says that Big Red's right paw is injured in French, but he actually examines the left paw, which is the one that was actually caught in the fence. I kind of caught that. I was like, hold on. Is he looking at the wrong paw? <laughs> and... But then I was like, no, that is the one that was caught in the fence. I got really confused for a sec. Yeah. To anyone who doesn't speak French, it goes unnoticed. But this one over here, she can speak it, so <laughs> at least understand I, it. I can't speak it. I, yeah, I understand it. Um, the other goof, goof is when Renee leads Big Red to run into Hagen and Emil for the first time, so he accidentally lets him out of his cage. Um, he had tied his belt around the dog for a collar and leash. But after they examine the dog and Mr. Hagen immediately leads him off, the dog is now properly leashed and Renee has his belt in his hand and there's no cutaway of them, like, replacing the belt, so... I also wondered about that. Poof. Because <laughs> it almost looked like Renee had his belt, like, on again. And I was like, hold on, wasn't it around the dog? Right. But, yeah, I was like, well, that's silly. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I like being the one that finds those things, too, because I'm like, Ha! You missed it. <laughs> so this is probably my favorite fun fact from this film. It's also my last. So as part of the promotional campaign for the film, Disney teamed up with Frisky's Dog Food, which I didn't even know they did dog food. I thought yeah, it was just cats. Um, to create a free mail-in manual, Frisky's New Approach to Training Your Dog, which featured pigeon and scraps on the cover. And consumers could get by sending in four labels from Frisky's dog food. So, quote from the um, advertisement, Now your dog can be as well-trained as Big Red himself, an entirely new system of training based on the discoveries of a leading Hollywood trainer of movie dogs. Big Red wasn't very trained, though. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So, that's interesting. Um, alrighty, so some characters. We've got... Short list. Yeah, because, I mean, like, there are other characters, but, like, the main four are really the big ones. So, yeah. first up, we have James Hagen, who's played by Walter Pidgeon. He is, yes. I had no idea what his name was until I looked it up. Seriously, like, if through the whole movie, I never questioned what his name was, and I didn't remember you're what it right. was at all. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, um, so he plays the owner of the, like, kennel, rich basically. Dude. Yeah, super rich. He kind of confuses me. Yes, I agree. Because, so, like, through the beginning, in the beginning of the film, he seemed like a really nice guy. He seemed pretty level-headed. Um, but then, all of a sudden, it kind of switched. And I don't know, okay, so whenever the scene was going on where James Hagen is with the dog trainer, and he's trying to show him how Big Red, like, doesn't walk very well. Like, he doesn't walk, like, for a show dog very well. Um, but then Big Red would keep stopping at Renee, and James is like, oh, yes, exactly as I suspect. In my mind, where that was going... Same. ...was gonna be that Renee was gonna walk the dog. He was gonna be, like, a showman. He was gonna be the lead yeah. for the dog. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, 
you're cut off from him, you're not allowed to talk to Big Red anymore, you can't see him, nothing. And I was like, hold on, that's not going to help your situation. Wouldn't you want, why would you put the kid and the dog through that when you could just literally teach Renee how to show the dog? And that would be a better situation. Maybe kids couldn't then though maybe there was an age restriction i guess maybe i don't know but i agree but that's where i thought that was going so that kind of like upset me that he Mm -hmm. turned there and then he was and then big red injures himself and he's like just put him down and it's like hold up what yeah and then but then in the end he really was worried about renee because he had gone missing and then he finds him and then he's like oh i'm gonna send you to school you're gonna live with me i'm adopting you basically yeah like i'm adopting you and i'm like okay dude you're giving me whiplash yeah he he twisted you 180 like five times yeah he was very interesting he turned out to be a great guy but it took him a lot of twists and turns there were quite a few times throughout the film where we were calling him a jerk though oh yeah I mean, like, usually when we watch these films and they're, especially during this time, there's always, like, one character who you're just like, oh my god, he's terrible. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'll turn to Meg at, like, 800 times during the film and be like, this guy sucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know where to put him. It's crazy because we we do get to see him a lot, but I I can't think of a house. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of am between... Slytherin and Ravenclaw because like he is he's a pretty ambitious guy he's clearly ambitious because he's clearly ambitious and smart because he has a lot of money and like I guess sometimes you can just come into money but he doesn't seem the type that just came into money because he highly values education which is kind of why I'm leaning towards Ravenclaw a little bit because he does value getting an education he does value like um being successful and but but he's also ambitious. I'm going to go Slytherin because I feel like you Slytherins, I mean this with the utmost love because mm-hmm. I love Slytherins, mainly one Slytherin. But I feel like sometimes you guys push away what's good for you because you think it's not good for you and then you realize it is good for you and then your heart softens. But your first instinct sometimes is like, nope, I don't need that. I know the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is how I felt like that, how... James Hagen was. He's like, no, I'm a show dog dude, whatever those people are called. He's a show dog? Show dog dude. Um, <laughs> and he didn't want to listen to anything that Renee was saying or anything that Emil was saying, and then he comes to realize that there are other important things. Yeah, that's true. I can be down with that. Um, so next up we have Renee. So Renee is the little orphan boy who stumbles upon this kennel... Uh, looking for work, and then James Hagen employs him to basically be a caretaker for some of the dogs, but mostly for Big Red. Um, His newest purchase, and who he thinks is going to make him lots of bucks. Yes. So, Renee is quite... He is, um... He's quite cunning, I think. I'm going to... Before I even talk about Renee, I'm going to say I think he's a Slytherin. Okay. Because, so, what happens in this story with Renee is he's this little boy, he's looking for work, he's quite ambitious. I mean, he's got to be, like, 12. I think he's 14. Okay. I think he's 14. 14. Out on his own, he's an orphan, his uncle has just died, he comes and just stumbles upon this and asks for work. He doesn't even fully know English, but he wants to learn it, so 
he's teaching it to himself. Um, but then he also is taking care of Big Red. So he falls head over heels in love with this dog. Then he doesn't really understand the way that James Hagen kind of is towards Big Red. Um, and also, like, Big Red's being trained to be a show dog. Renee is more so about making him comfortable and he doesn't want him happy. to be lonely. He wants him to be happy, yes. So then he, they're to be separated. Uh, but he really wants to say goodbye because word got out that if Big Red doesn't win Westminster, then James Hagen is selling him. Mm -hmm. So Renee, in Renee's mind, there's one chance to see him again. So he goes and he just like, he just wants to see him. He's not even going to like break the rules and go into the house to pet him or hug him or anything. He just wants to see him and say goodbye. Uh, so he has to kind of form this plan to be able to do that. And then Big Red freaks out because he's been waiting for Renee, because that's all he wants. And then he jumps out of a window and injures himself. So then they're going to put Big Red down. But then Renee is like, um, you're not putting this dog down. He just needs to be taken care of. So then Emil is the one who is kind of being, he's being forced to put him down by James Hagen, basically. Um, but he turns away for a second, and then Renee steals the dog and carries him 20-some miles to his uncle's cabin just to care for him and nurture him back to health, and he does. For, like, weeks. Yeah. So, he's ambitious, and it's pretty cunning for him to come up with those plans. I was going to use the words driven and resourceful. Well, those are also Slytherin. I know. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, he is resourceful. Mm -hmm. He's very independent. Yes. He can do a lot of things, and he's very confident in himself as well. Yes. And he's just like, oh, okay, I'll live in this cabin with this dog, and I'll hunt, and I'll get us food, and I'll take care of us. It's fine. And there's, like, he's not worried about it at all. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right, so Emil, he is currently employed by James Hagen, him and his wife. His wife basically is, like, a homemaker. Mm -hmm. um, Cooking. She cooks cleaning. and cleans for him. And Emil takes care of the dogs with Renee. But Emil is more, his responsibility is more so the other dogs besides Big Red. He's, he's a father figure to Renee. He is kind of the buffer between Renee and James Hagen. Um, but he's a, he, I think, is a Hufflepuff. I was going to say that too. Yeah, he's just a well-rounded dude. Yeah, he just kind of wants everybody to be happy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want any conflict. He... Mm -hmm obeys the rules whether or not he agrees with them like very loyal yeah i agree uh and then therese is his wife mm -hmm. so Dude, she was awesome she is cool i think i'm gonna go gryffindor on yep. her yep me too yeah because she is very like she kind of steps out of line a little bit sometimes with James. It's the best um <laughs> and like emile would never do that but she does it like twofold for him yeah <laughs> she'll just tell it like it is to his yeah. face but like do it in such a nonchalant way and then he'll be like i should have fired you five years i should have fired you before i knew you could cook because now he's like you know she's under his skin mm -hmm. not going anywhere so she just pretty much has freedom to like <laughs> yeah just tell him whatever she wants i like her yeah she stands up for everyone else so yeah i think gryffindor is certainly fair all right, I think that's all. Oh, what about, can talk about Big, Big Red? Red. Uh, so Big Red Clifford? is... Yeah. 
He's a Gryffindor. Yeah. Dude. Big Red. Resilient to everything. Yeah. Just like, he is the animal version of Renee, actually. But we put Renee in Slytherin. I can agree with that, though. But he's just like, I'm going to do what I want because mm, I don't really want to be a show dog. I'd rather be a hunting dog and, like, hang out with this kid all day. And then he's like, oh, I got a mate. We have puppies. I got to take care of them. And they're so cute. Yeah. He just, like, does what he needs to do to be happy for, like, him and who he cares about. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. He's a griffin pup. So, favorite... griffin dog character and scene my favorite character um it's kind of a tie between Renee and Therese I just think that they're both very headstrong very driven um but she is more brave and he's more resourceful and ambitious which is I think that is why Gryffindors and Slytherins are so close together but they're different Mm -hmm. um so I just like them both for similar reasons, pretty much. They're they're similar characters, however, and, and they stand up to James Hagen in different ways, but I just appreciate the fact that they stand up to him and do what they believe, or say what they believe. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene, I think, I think my favorite scene is whenever Big Red finds Renee in the forest, whenever he comes looking for him and his pups. Him and Molly, his uh, Big Red's mate. Mm-hmm. And I just love how, like, even though Big Red has been away for a couple weeks, just kind of lost, he knows <clears throat> he knows that Renee is nearby, and then he goes and finds him and is just so happy to see him. He knows that harmonica. Yeah, and it just makes me smile. Yeah. Um, my favorite character, I'm going to say the same, it's between Renee and Therese. Renee, just because he is... This young kid who has faced a lot in life, mm-hmm. young in life, and he he just continues on. You know, he like lets it become a part of him. He makes it. He makes it. It makes him stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, he just keeps going on, and then Therese, yeah, because like she'll just say whatever to your face, and she it's funny, but it's like yeah, you go, girl. Yep. Favorite scene. Um, I like the ending and how like. Renee ended up, like, getting an education. He could, like, be a kid instead of being, like, I have to survive. And I, I have no one else to be With Big around. Red and Molly and the puppies, too. Yeah. And then my other favorite scene, and I'll try to describe it as best as I can because it was more visual, um, when he first meets Big Red and Emil is telling him how much he's worth. Mm-hmm. And he says 5000 And he's like, Renee's like, you're making a joke. And he's like, <laughs> no, $5,000. And then Renee, who doesn't speak English very well, just holds up five fingers, like, Five? <laughs> this dog? Yeah. <laughs> it was very cute. Yeah, that is cute. My least favorite character, purely because he gives me whiplash so much, <laughs> is going to be James Hagen, because he goes back and forth, and it's, it, again, like, yeah, he's my least favorite, but that doesn't mean that I don't like him as a character. He's a great character in the film, um, and he's necessary to be there, obviously, and he does come around in the end, which is nice, but I just, like, hated him for a large chunk of the film. Um because he just wasn't a nice person to Renee. Or Big Red, really. Um, my least favorite scene is probably... My least favorite scene is whenever he says to put Big Red down. Like, just unnecessary. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. My least favorite character, I'm gonna go with that farmer 
that he wor- that Renee worked for for a short, short period of time. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, didn't even care that Renee was gone. Yeah. He, like, happened, this farmer happened to run into Hagen, and they were talking, and he was just like, yeah, uh, he hasn't shown up for work in, like, weeks. Whatever. Yeah. You know? And here's Renee, who, like, has had problems with a, a relationship that has problems with this kid, and he's still just like, I gotta go make sure he's okay. You know. So much that he risks his life to yeah, find him. with the mountain lion and everything. Um, and least favorite scene, definitely when he was just like, put him down and didn't want to listen to anything that Renee or Emil had to say. It was almost like in, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like, it was like vengeful. Is that just, the right word? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like he was doing, he, he did that on purpose to hurt Renee. Spiteful. Spiteful. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like what? There, there was I no reason for he's it. Injured, but just take care of him. Right. Maybe, he didn't want to put love. the time. No. Or probably the money. Right. It was a lot. Of Which is money ridiculous, though, because he spent five grand on the on the dog. Right. Uh, what I took away from the film, basically, that you should always persevere and never give up on somebody or or an animal. Uh, because nine times out of ten, they just need some attention and some love, and things will work out. I would 100% agree. That's my takeaway as well, and I'm just going to phrase it as keep on keeping on. Yep. Yep. This was a good one. Yeah, it was. Me and Meg put it in. I mean, so I made um, all these um, images to post with every episode that comes out, and it has a movie poster on it, so you know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. But with this one, I was like, oh, it's got a dog. Like, I'm kind of excited about that. But then I was like, I don't know. We'll see. Shocked. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I'm down. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. Big Red the Highly Dog. Recommend. Not the gum. Yeah. All right. That wraps up another episode of Podmas. Yep. So you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. Pretty much anywhere that podcasts can be found make sure you subscribe so you'll be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available you can also find us on facebook at grown-up kids a disney podcast and instagram at grown-up kids pod and you can join our facebook discussion group grown-up kids a disney podcast group which is where i've posted our comprehensive list of movies that we're going to be watching along with availability to be on the show with us So make sure that you check that out and comment, email, or message us with what movies you're interested in joining us on, and I'll get you on the list. Um, Lastly, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grownupkidspod. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to watch Almost Angels ahead of tomorrow's Podmas episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.